beautiful man inside and out to introduce you to Brian welcome 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 thank you so much for being here we are going to talk about falling madly in love with yourself mm. amen let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so happy to be here uh, really and it's an honor and a blessing you are a founder investor and advisor to 11 conscious companies socially conscious companies that's incredible and I know you as just a beautiful soul. You emanate a peaceful, loving, happy vibration. Mm. It's always a pleasure to be in your company. And I, from the little I know of the one company you created, the VUCA, mm -hmm. you've created something really beautiful and magical and, and potent and important for the community. It's all about bringing the community together and really celebrating each other in, in this life. So thank you for all that you do, first of all. It's an absolute honor. And I haven't heard you recorded. You sound amazing on this thing. Thank you know, you. you just sound really good. And I know <laughs> your, your audience knows and loves you for so many reasons, including that. Aw, thank you. Appreciate yeah. you. Ow, ow, ow. Uh, <laughs> I just got bit by a dog. <laughs> She'll only take one finger off at a time. Okay, good. Got yeah. it. <laughs> I'll keep my fingers over here. <laughs> so it's funny. On my way over here, I got this download to just ask you what you're learning about right now. I felt like there's some lessons coming through for you powerfully. Mm. Yes, very much so. I. It's the journey inward, right? I think part of my journey, I'm 44 now and very fortunate to hopefully have many more humbling years ahead. And... The way I was thinking about it today on my way over here to meet you was thinking about it as like the journey of intimacy, the journey of intimacy within, right? Like we've, I think a lot of us have heard like intimate, but what, what does it look like when we focus that on ourselves? Because like I can go as deep as I've gone, right? With, with anybody. And one of my greatest, the thing I value most in life is connection, connection to myself, connection to others connection to something greater and I've spent a lot of time on the outward journey and the past year has been a lot of inward and what I've what I'm finding is the more that I create capacity to love and accept exactly as I am mm. and what I've experienced and that it is a journey I'm just so grateful to have kicked it off in a new way with this awareness because I think so much of it has been outward focused <clears throat> and when I really turn that around, it feels like the whole world opens up and things really slow down because from that space, I feel connected to so much wisdom because I don't know, it's just starting to, it's a very limited experience when I focused on my limited mind as, as sharp as it may be, or as uh, cloudy as it may be on any given day. If I open myself up to something greater, that's an unlimited resource and unlimited energy. And, and so a lot of my year and again reflection coming to this conversation today really bubbled that up to the surface in a great way and your question is a perfect prompt so I'm, I'm curious to see where we might go with this yeah you're landing on something so important we spend it feels like the first half of our lives worrying about what other people think and it's mm -hmm. very externally validating mm -hmm. right especially if you live in Miami or some of these places where it's like what do you drive what do you wear who do you know yes <laughs> right LA and then coming to Austin, for me, my experience is, oh, the opposite. Who yeah. are you? Yeah. How's your heart? Yeah. How are you showing up in the world? Mm -hmm. And it's this internal focus. Yes. And it is. It's really empowering. 
I'd say it's it's one of the most intimidating, the most intimidating place to go. Mm, tell me why. Well, <clears throat> part of my journey has been, I, I know I look whatever, like an inch or two tall on a, on a computer right now, if you're looking at us on video, but I was born into a bigger frame. Yeah. And part of my experience was I'll be too much if I show up fully. Mm. And I played sports through college and... I think a lot of the identity that people celebrated or the part of me that I felt most celebrated or what stood out the most was my athletic ability, my physical prowess and and things along those lines. And what this journey again this past year as I really dove in and dove a bit deeper underneath the surface is as gifted and as talented and whatever accolades I achieved, it was still based on a, on a physical body that has like, very finite capacity, right? Like I could express my physical expression 100% and that's, that's all we get. You could maybe inch up a tenth, et cetera, over time. Right. But when I play in this world of getting to know what's beneath that and like when we start talking about like a soul level and the part of me that is connected to everything, that becomes really scary. And the, the part of me that is interested or has been interested in the past of playing this control game or this illusion of control starts to slide out, right? And I, and I think with that, there's been so many gifts that have come through as a, that door begins to inch open even more. And what I find is I'm, I just become more comfortable in my own skin. And as that happens, everything else just seems to fall into place versus I think a, a lot of what I was doing before on external validation was basing my decisions, actions, and ways of showing up in the world based on what other people would approve or celebrate, et cetera. Well, when you really look around, when I really look around, there's a lot of people I respect for, but when I really boil it down, most people, most of the time, we don't know what the F we want, right? So I'm looking around, trying to get other people, right, to be, like, excited about what I'm doing. But, like, most of the time, they don't give a F what I'm doing. And I think we're, we're familiar with that. But it, it's just has hit me in, in, a, in a deeper way more recently. And so it's also an easy way to hide, to hide behind what's actually true. If I'm looking around, if I'm not asking myself the question, which is the hardest place to go, right, if I'm being really honest. And then also really honest about what limiting beliefs, what patterns that I took on from my parents and other authority figures that were around me or people that I looked up to, when you really boil it down, we're all just trying to figure it out, right? And, mm-hmm. and the only place that things can get integrated and truth can be found is within our own systems. And I think there can be markers, there can be great guidance that really guide us to the truth that lives within us, but I can't borrow your truth, right? Like your truth might like illuminate mine, but it's, it's, there's so much in that and there's so much in being in community and having friendships where we get to have these open and honest conversations where we get to learn more about each other and more about ourselves as a result. Mm, beautiful. I find fascinating this rational conscious mind versus the subconscious tapes that play. And you're like, I don't want to think that way, but why? So why am I reacting this way? <laughs> it's this like dance between the two. Mm. My brain got stuck on the concept of, uh, you're connected to everything. Mm. Can you go there deeper? Yeah, I'll do my, my, my best version of that. Hit the diving board and see how deep we go, right? <laughs> and what just came up is what the bleep, because that was one of the first major outputs that really got quantum physics and all that kind of on the map. Was what? 
what the bleep do we know? What the bleep do we know? Okay, no. I didn't see that one. Okay, it, it, Michael Beckwith. There's a lot of like beautiful, amazing thought leaders that were uh, part of that. And I think it was, God, it might have been the '90s at this point. Connected to everything in the w- in the way that a part of my soul, like the part of me that is eternal, is has has been around before. And, and I'm going to go here because it came up a lot recently is people ask us how old we are, right? Like, really, the true answer is my body is such an age. Right. But the part of me that has been here and that is connected to all that is, like my soul, the part of me that we we refer to that when we die, there's a part of us, an essence that leaves our body. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to that. And my mind has picked up stuff. My conscious mind has picked up stuff. My subconscious mind has picked up stuff. But there are truths that live within me and my on a soul level that it's just a knowing, right? And I feel like it's more of a remembering than it is a learning. And sometimes that that remembering comes through by letting go of intentionally patterns and beliefs that weren't really genuine to who we were in the first place or mm-hmm. who I was in the first place. Yeah. And so as it happened, there's a really natural truth that comes up. And so it's kind of like thinking about it as a door, right? And there was a, there was a, a, a young adult I met, met years ago volunteering here in Austin and, and they were sharing their heart, right? And I do my best to respect the essence of what was said and I, I don't know that I'll nail it exactly. But vulnerability is the key and everything you want is on the other side. Ooh. So like when we're, when we're sitting in front of something and it's like really scary, right? It only has power over us if it's behind us, right? If it's a shadow. When we can bring it out in front of us and put light on it, like really what those things are like screaming and like showing, like if we keep seeing the same thing in life and it's uncomfortable, very often it is, I believe, the universe's way of saying like, work through that and you'll be able to be more settled into a more authentic and settled version of yourself. Right. And so that is speaking to that very, it's elusive, I believe, when we try to put our hands around it, right? But it's so intimately available when we just allow ourselves to be in it. Uh, when the when the intellectual mind wants to start to wrap things around it, 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 it does its beautiful thing of if you did identify exactly what I was, it would take away so much of the, the magic that is mm. and the wonder. But you can know me very deeply and intimately by being with me. But yeah. not necessarily being able to draw a specific diagram that explains what it is. Right. Which right. I think so many of us want because we're so cerebral in the society that we live in so often. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's go back to the original intention. Something that I am learning. There's more there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I trust your intuition around that for sure. The way it comes through in this moment is if I am creating the space in the room, the environment, the conversations that are structured towards supporting myself and others and falling and being more in love with ourselves, with myself, everything becomes available and a lot of the noise slows down and just melts away. And so, yeah, that's, that's it high level. And I'm happy to I take your it. guidance to see where we yeah. go. So what are some of your like self-love practices? That sounds so juicy, but do, mm. uh, do, you, do you meditate? What are your like go-tos that yeah. connect you to yourself and remind you of who and how powerful you are? 
So for me, working out is very powerful, right? That could be going to the gym and moving weights. And I also really love doing improv, improv weights with friends, like friends that we've we've done a decent amount of working out. We understand what's going on. And we'll we'll start on, because I I like to do the same thing, but do it differently. I think it's such a, a great way to, like do some pattern breaking. Yeah. So we'll get together and one of us will start an exercise and the other one will pick an exercise and we'll just switch and we'll just keep switching until we're done. We'll pick like a body part or maybe we won't, maybe we'll just say upper body. And so we'll constantly be improving off of each other. It's a buddy that I did stand up improv with years ago. Nice. And so we just started doing that. It's made working out so much more fun. So just trying to bring fun to, to the activity mm-hmm. and also just that level of grounding. I think once I get my body and I push it in such a way, like everything else just fades away. Love that. And I feel like that's where I get to become more present right? Yeah. With, within myself. So that's one. I do meditate. I sit with different substance from other places. There's two from the rainforest, one being hape. Mm. And that really is grounding for me. And I also am completing a 30-day dieta or process with sananga, the eye drops. Oh, and they are super powerful. Are you familiar with I, I think I've had what you're saying once. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. Very, very, very intense. And yeah. There's, fortunately, there's, I'm learning that there are different like strengths. So okay. there's um, more doing like a more medium strength one so we can do it daily. But it's been such an amazing practice to bring that level of focus and awareness. And What does it do? <laughs> so what is it? <laughs> if, you, if you read about it, because I did a pretty research and talked to enough folks about it, but what I took away from it is it's amazing for bringing yourself really present because it is very intense. And it clears, it supports you in clearing your energetic field. So if you're feeling dense, it's a great, it's, I'll say for me, it's been a great practice. And also it can open you up. It can support you in opening up more to this, what we've been talking about around something greater than ourselves. Hmm. And so it's been very powerful in that way. And both of those, I believe, work on the pineal gland, opening the pineal gland, which opens up so many things for us. Got it. I remember it was, a. I think I had it right um, after I took a dose of ayahuasca, they came around and put a drop in my eyes. And I was like, what was that? (laughs) It was agony. Oh, my God. I can imagine doing that and not being informed exactly of what was going on. No, I had no idea. And then they did the rapé. I'm like, I am being tortured. (laughs) Did you just put stale visine? And can stale visine even feel that bad? Right? It feels like hot sauce in your eyes. Yeah, it burns. They did one eye. I was like, I I don't know if I can do the other one. I'd like to keep. I'd like to keep one. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was no information on it, so yeah. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, so I, I'll go back a little bit. So I met. I grew up in a Jewish household, and I took a, a let's say a break for five years or so, or seven years after my bar mitzvah, and I found myself like just interested in, in spirituality, et cetera. And I, I ended up meeting a campus rabbi at a function that I went to, and he was amazing. We started meeting and. And we met weekly, right? I think he was fascinated by me because I was a Jewish football player and he's there, there are many around. And he was a rabbi that was like, don't go, to, don't, don't go to shul, don't go to synagogue. And we had such a powerful connection right out of the gate. We met weekly for, I think, two years. Wow. And we had coffee. The first or second week, I think it was the second week, I said, all right, I want to do something to enrich my relationship with God. What do I do? I'm thinking he's going to say go to synagogue. He's first thing, don't go to synagogue. Okay. Because I don't, just don't think it's going to have that for you. Like, my job is to support you in having your direct connection and relationship to God. Beautiful. He's put your left shoe on first, put your left sock on first. So when there's things in my life that I'm like, that will bring me closer awareness, like and getting out of the, the mindset and the routine yeah. of here's just what I do. It brings me present and it can 
create some healthy pattern breaking and also honoring that relationship with which I hold most dear, which is my relationship with, I, I call it sweet spirit, God, all names, no names. <clears throat> and so that's, that's my, that's my ultimate best friend next to my, next to my wife. So this concept of breaking the, the routine, how does that support you in getting closer to God? Is it just then creating more of a, an awareness to the present moment in a way? they just, we become like, it's cool that we've trained ourselves to make things really natural and easy, right? But they're neural pathways that we've created in our head and we're basically becoming zombies, I believe, or I was becoming a zombie when I just do the same thing. And I have, call it many different things, but I have a, a, a mind that likes to jump from one thing to another, right? I was diagnosed with ADD when I was young. And so I'm actually not honoring my spirit when I'm really focusing on trying to do the same thing over and over again. While some people would find flow state and that would be their way of connecting to something greater. Mm. So I think for me, I'm playing somebody else's game when I'm trying to do something over and over again. Because I know like my, my true nature is to, I'm going to dive deep on something, right? And I'm, there are projects I'm working on in a long period of time, but I don't get energy from working on the same thing eight hours a day. Right. It's many different things over a number of, over the week and touching it for two hours here and a couple hours there. Hence the 11 social conscious companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's go there for a second. Can you share some fun projects you're excited about right now that you're working on? Uh, there are a number of things. So I've been in, in, involved in touching commercial real estate in a number of different ways through restaurants. And one of um, my businesses is a business that I'm involved in that I've played a role in. I, I think that whole my business is a very interesting concept. Like I, I feel a steward of the, the mission of the companies that I'm involved in. Mm. And so I just want to reframe that, uh, cause that's not native language to me when I'm being really honest about it. Um, but the, the businesses overall, um, a number of them are, have commercial real estate connected to them. And One's co-working and event space. There's a number of restaurants I'm involved in. There is a, a local grocer that I just believe a ton in, and she's creating a really amazing brand here and mindfully sourcing everything. It's just a really beautiful, beautiful local and business. Nice. Which one? Let's give her a shout out. Oh, Tiny Grocer. Ah, Tiny Grocer. She's love actually it. in the next month will be opening her second location. Fantastic. She's on South Congress. She's on South Congress. Love that the shop. new one will be at a post office in Hyde Park. Wonderful. And the old post office. And it's going to be, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. So really excited about that. Very cool. There's a number of psychedelic clinics that we're talking to right now and investing in one, but really looking to see what can happen within those containers beyond just having a transactional experience where we're going and having the experience, beautiful integration, but what other services can be involved so that the clinic can be a more of a human optimization lab. Perfect. So working on that and and really excited about that. And there's another real estate involvement that we'll be playing with a REIT, which is early focusing on psychedelics. And there's a tech element to it that we're really excited about rolling forward. The one that's taking a lion's share of my time right now, which I'm really excited about, which um, I'll happy to talk more about down the road, but we're working on some, some beta right now, but it's community owned real estate and having operating partners and tenants being able to participate and have ownership in the overall real estate as well, Beautiful. as well as having a crowdfunding element where the community close to the project can have an opportunity to own it as well. So it's, it truly is an hour's experience. 
and there's a number of kind of businesses that are connected to that that we're, we're investing or looking to invest in. So yeah, those are a couple of, of the ones plugged into and a couple that are in the works. And I just feel really flattered. I, I, and I think <clears throat> this was a dream that myself and my wife had just about 16 months ago of wanting to get a certain percentage of our available capital to socially conscious company, like mm-hmm. whether we were involved <clears throat> specifically or, or, or not. And it's just been amazing like how... I think when we set clear intentions, I, a, a lot of people will say that you, you set it and you forget it, if you will. What was that old? It was some sort of like rotisserie machine, like infomercial, but you set it and forget it. So like thinking about that around the intention. And so it's been really amazing, like <clears throat> really big goal and feeling really clear inspiration like that that really resonates with my whole system like Mm -hmm. i I refer to it as my internal compass like my internal compass is we are completely aligned so like the alignment and integration like alongside what we were talking about earlier so integration like integrating the system level of intimacy right i just think these things all coming together are such a rich rich part of the journey yeah, huge. You're nailing it. I'm curious about what the sensation is that you get when you know that mm. it's in alignment. Ooh, yeah. My, my, <laughs> that's a great question. I don't know if I put words to this before. So it feels like there are... There, my, my whole system just stands upright. Like even if I'm sitting, like I feel my energetic system. If we talk about the chakras or energy centers of the system, which I don't spend a ton of time thinking about, Mm -hmm. but it's the best way I can describe it. If you have a reference for that of feeling like everything's completely aligned at ease. And my mind is very often like an observer if that, but when my body says yes, like that, that's the, that's my way of saying something greater than myself is, is strumming the string, right? Like I, I believe we all have a certain harmonic resonance and we all have a certain song that we play and a certain tune that we play. Mm. And what I can do is I can't control when it comes through, right? Rick Rubin has become my new sensei. I didn't know much about him until recently and I haven't told him yet, but he's my sensei. So, (laughs) (laughs) and the way he talks about creativity is absolutely beautiful and it really resonated. But what I've been sitting with for the past couple of years is if I can do the work to take as good of care as my system as possible, when it's time for me to be utilized in a significant way, like that just happens and I don't question it. When that happens in my system, I don't care how big the challenge or the thing is that I'm being like invited or shown to do. I just do it at this point. Nice. And the first time that happens, I went to Southeast Asia when I was like 24. That was the first time I experienced that. I was like, whatever that was, I'm going to listen to that for the rest of my life. And I couldn't articulate it as well. Yeah. But a a number of four or five of the biggest things in my life, like that's been a part of it. And I'm like, uh, so I just work on trying to create more room for more of that. And the little decisions, like where are we going for dinner? Yeah. And then you get there and like the the conversation that happens wouldn't have happened down the street because that person wasn't there. Right. And so I feel like there's little ways and big ways to play with that. And it's such a fun way to make the little things and the bigger things an adventure, right? And not just going off. Of course, I'll use my mind, but it gets to be a tool and not the, the, the sole decision-making vehicle in my life. Very wise. Very wise. Yeah, our bodies are a tuning fork. Yes. I, I teach this Ooh. to my clients is when you, it's like back in the day, remember the rabbit ears on yeah. the TV? You had to maneuver them to get a yeah. reception. Well, it's, it, our bodies are like that tuning fork. And if you 
swirl them around in a, and let's say you take a vat of saturated fat and a whole mm. bunch of chemicals, toxic chemicals, and you swirl it around yeah. and, and then you let that dry. And the next day you eat a whole bunch of processed food basically and, mm. and drink toxic things, <laughs> right? Yes. And then you put that back on your head. Those rabbit ears are going to be covered and caked in just junk. Yes. You're not going to hear the guidance. I like to joke around now, but <laughs> I don't make any decisions anymore. Mm. I just ask. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> how, how, how do you receive it? Like, how does that land for you when you get it? Most of the time, I just, I'll hear something. Mm. I'll feel something. Someone will text me. Yeah. Like, uh, I was living in Tulum before Austin. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I am done with Mexico. Got my lessons, my upgrades. What's yes. next? I asked that question in the morning. By the end of the day, three different people talked to me about Austin. Mm. Never talked about Austin before. And now I've had three conversations within 12 hours. Wow. On Austin. And I'm like, okay, Austin it is. Ten days later, oh. I was here. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but as to your point as well, you got to trust it then. If yeah. you hear these downloads, you got to then trust the what it says. And another thing I, I like to teach my clients is that if they're having a tough time making a choice between two different things, yeah. make the choice one way. Yeah. And I've even done this with a client that was buying a, two buildings, deciding yeah. between two buildings. I was like, all right, buy building A. Yep. And I was like, feel in your torso. Yeah. How does it feel? Mm-hmm. And if it's like crunchy and like like thick and almost like you got to poop, I'm like, that's not the right decision. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's buy building B. And all of a sudden he felt like light and airy and ah, it was like a relief almost. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it in your like in your belly. Your your gut is your right is mm-hmm. very wise source. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. They say every one signal that goes from your brain down to your gut, nine go back up. Nine. Nine. So like your gut is actually informing your brain more, way more than we, we are, have been taught. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's, a, that's why I asked you how you do it. Because for me, it's like literally a physical check-in. Yes. If I'm asking my body, if I'm asking spirit, then I just pay attention to what they say. Yeah. And what comes in. Sometimes it's like tingles and sometimes I look down and I have goosebumps. Mm. I'm like, it's that clear. And I'm like, whenever that happens, I want to live more in that. And I love how you described that. I was at a workshop and the way that it came through as I was sitting with it is like when I'm in my mind and I'm just depending on my mind. And if there wants to be some wisdom dropped on me, it's like they're like a little group up there and oh, Brian's not available. Oh, well, we're going to, we're going to be here, <laughs> right? As advisors, as guides, as, as wisdom keepers, right? As ancestors, et cetera. Mm. I feel like that's there. I don't spend a ton of time. Like I've experienced it enough to respect it, but I, I spend a lot of my time in, in the world that I feel like I know and can utilize some of those resources. But it's like, Brian's not available. Brian's available. Like they're always around. They're always ready to drop some wisdom and guidance and everything, right? And so when I'm out of my head and I'm in my body, I'm available, I'm present. It's that feels like when it comes through. Nice. And the other way of like being in my mind and trying to control and influence the way I think it should be is tough. I, I, I think it's just a pulling from Buddhist philosophy, but it's our our preferences that cause us the pain, not the experience. Like the experience is just the experience. And so I, I just, that's come to me a number of times recently. So that's a new one that I'm digesting and gnawing on a little bit. Wait, go there more? Preferences versus experience? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's our preferences that cause the discomfort, not ah. the experience. The experience is just the experience. It's our preference for it to be different than what we're experiencing that makes it uncomfortable. If we can just be with what is, it just gets to be what it is. I love that. I call them expectations, but preferences. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Same. I love that. Yeah. I love being able to exchange those words out yeah. too because it keeps it fresh. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. 
awesome input. Yeah, when you set your expectations on how something is going to go, you you lose the magic mm-hmm. or you don't allow for the magic. Right. Yeah. So funny. We're such funny little creatures. <laughs> we are. <laughs> when we have that sense of humor, we get to let go of the, the things that we've been doing that maybe haven't been working for a while. When we take ourselves so seriously, it's all, I'm going to, I only have a hammer, so apparently everything's a nail. You know what's funny on, that's a random thought, but on Tinder or Bumble, seven out of 10 profiles, mm-hmm. the man says, looking for a woman that doesn't take herself too seriously. Mm. It is like probably the number one comment on profiles. Fascinating. What do you what do you take from I, that? I don't I would love the male perspective actually. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Well obviously this wasn't rehearsed, so what I'll share is I believe there is a healing that is happening on this planet from masculine energy being in the lead. Mm. And I believe that we've created societal norms of approaching things with that masculine energy. And so I feel like women are perceived as I feel like experience at times of, well, if I'm going to be successful in this world, I need to show up with that masculine energy. Right. And so I think what men are saying is I, I want women that are just people, but I, in this case, we're talking about that's an interesting place to be in the conversation. But I feel like if we look at the energies, not just being male or female, but just energies of masculine and feminine right. energies, like yeah. we're inviting the masculine energy that lives within all of us to step forward and I think what's really being asked and desired is for us to be true to our nature. And I think that masculine energy brings with it a sense of seriousness and control and influence, right? Where it's, well, all the things are available. I, I, I spend much more time, I think, nurturing the feminine parts of myself than the masculine because I feel like that's where the magic happens. And it's not, that, that is where the magic happens. That, that's where creativity comes through and everything else. So... I celebrate that inside myself and I'm aware of all the ways that for myself growing up being a male, especially like how just the masculine bits are being celebrated. But the idea of really expressing and feeling emotions and all that is often pushed to the side. Right. So I think there's this, this desire of beginning to balance that out. And it's a beautiful time that we're living in that I think that there's so much more feminine leadership because I mm-hmm. believe that's what's going to bring us back to wholeness or to, to a deeper sense of wholeness, if you will. Yeah. Go there deeper. I want to know how you celebrate the feminine within you. Support men on that one because that's that's fascinating. Well. I know you said expression, right? You're expressing yourself, expressing your emotions. Yeah. Is that one? Is that yeah. Me? Intimacy, right? Like women, I believe so naturally will just share what's going on inside of themselves with other women, right? Like it's yeah. it's something to behold. That's our default. Right. We can't help that. (laughs) And it's such a gift. Right. And I believe that part of that piece lives inside of all of us. Right. So for me, it's actually to share what's going on and not to pretend like I have it figured out or I'm all good. Mm. So I think that alone is it's such a beautiful entryway of I'm just getting to know myself. I'm a fellow human. We're talking about earlier in the onset, we were joking around and we're like, Son of the planet, son of humanity, a son of humanity, right? Like we're all here to learn. And so pretending that we have it figured out or posturing that we do takes away the opportunity to actually know the individual that's behind the front or the mask. And so I think once we get beyond that, like we're into a space of deeper intimacy and honesty. So that that feels like a, a big part of it. Happy to go wherever 
you feel would be beneficial in the conversation. But I, I think high, high level from my experience is also connected to that is the intuition, the creativity, like all those are connected to feminine energy in my experience. And so when we're just mm. living in the masculine, right, we're missing out on so much. We're actually not often feeling because we were told not to feel sadness and cry and right to do the, to do these things. But what's true is I believe that we can only feel whatever we're allowing ourselves to feel on either end is our limit, right? So if I only allow myself to feel 20% sadness or no sadness, it really limits my ability to feel the other feels like I maybe want to around joy and happiness. But what's true is all of that is part of the human experience and we've been conditioned not to do it. But by being conditioned not to do it, we're missing out on experiencing so much more of life in every moment. Mm. It's not like we're going to have more trips, but whatever it is, like we get to experience the things that we love and the things that maybe if we opened ourselves up to, we could be really honest around. I really don't like that. But we were told not to to be honest like that with ourselves or others, right? And so I feel like there's just so much more available when we're able to be really honest with ourselves. And in my experience, I feel like when we're in the feminine energy or women specifically are with each other, I feel like there's a lot of honesty that's there. And I feel like if it, as you said, for maybe men to take something from, and I have a lot to learn and I've learned a lot from other men around this is if we can just presence and have ourselves be open and available when, when we feel women truly connecting, it's like, what's happening there? And maybe we find our way into the conversation and say, Hey, I'm new to this. Mm. Right. And I think, when we talk about finding the people that we really want, right? I feel like that level of honesty gets to attract. If you want to be really honest and authentic and live that life, we'll show up that way, right? Yeah. And I know it can be scary and intimidating, and I find stretches around it all the time. And I, I sometimes go home, damn, I missed one. Cool. Does it get me more fired up to go do something? Or even reach out to the friend and be like, hey, I had this experience. I had this feeling. Send him a quick voice note. I love you, and uh, you can count on me to, 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 to lean in a little bit more next time or to share that I love you, and I do love you. So there you got it. And mm. so I think there's so much to play with around that and so much to learn. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you anything like specifically around that. That's high-level emotional intelligence, to be able to call back after and be like, hey, I acknowledge I showed up this way, and this is actually what I was thinking and what was going on in my head, but I didn't want to share it. I... I, I'm, I'm committing to not showing up that way again or to showing up differently. Beautiful. The one, one other thing just came up around yeah. that is I was working with a new coach therapist, I think it was about three years ago. And without any like celebration or shame, et cetera, he just, he just acknowledged, Brian, it seems like you've done a lot of work around your awareness. And I was like, I have. I spent a lot of time around it. And he didn't give it any good or bad. He basically said, the really important thing is, what do you do with it, right? What I'm experiencing from you in this moment in time is you're taking that, you're shaming yourself, and you're taking yourself in a downward spiral. Hmm. So what if you took that information, right? And you said, what is one thing that I can do to be in alignment right now? Beautiful. Right? And so from that place, it feels like it's been everything and the simplicity of it. And so sometimes that's where it started for me is, oh, if there's something that I, that I didn't say or that I did say that didn't feel honoring of who I am, then before I go to sleep that night, I can send a quick note. We can have a conversation about it. But I just want to say, like, here's what's going on. I was actually in my fear. or There were so many people in the room and I didn't feel in my extroverted self or like being around other people. And I just, whatever, I just had a human moment and 
I was acting a fool, whatever you want to call it, right? right and right. making the light of it. So, yeah. I think bringing that level of awareness to even just voicing it, mm-hmm. it it's it's cutting the cord. I, I call it like, cause there's an energetic core that will stick and it will, it also takes up mental space in yep. your head. Yep. I love clearing the air right away. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I will not stay in friction or if I like, I think I yeah. did something that offended. Yes. It's so much easier to just be like, Hey, I, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not what I intended. Yep. It takes two seconds, and more often than not, it's all in my head, yep. and the other person didn't even experience you, it that yes, way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How am I going to say this to all that? And you're like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, yeah, people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder that I'm nuts. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but like, then it's clear, and I'm yeah. done. I don't have to think about it. It doesn't take up mental space well, anymore. So I think it's a very wise thing to do. And I, I just want to celebrate too, is like you get to honor yourself for having that level of care and emotional intelligence and, and whether they felt it or not, yeah. what I'm, from, from what I'm hearing you say is that's something that you really value. Yeah. Right. And so you'll go clean it up and, and maybe who knows what happens for them as, as they're like, oh my gosh, Nikki said that thing to me last week. I just did that. And who right. the heck knows, right? Yeah. But when we honor ourselves in that way, I think it just creates a deeper level of comfort and safety in the relationship, maybe for a later date. And intimacy between the two of you. Yes. Because now you're like, I can trust you more. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to tell me the truth when when shit hits the fan. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Right? I can count on you. Yeah, it's funny. This concept of sharing your inner truth and your world is, is... So I think there's an ancestral trauma that gets played in, especially with when it comes to the female perspective, the the. The women's experience often, last night I was at an incredible event led by Zaya, an oracle here in Austin, and she led a, a workshop at the So House called Sovereign Sexuality. Mm. And it's all about be, realizing and owning that we are sexual beings. Yes. And that doesn't mean that I have to be like, ex, like searching for any external so- sexuality or anything like that. It's yeah. the opposite. It's like just really sitting within my own body and, and like she had us do this exercise where you push the sexual energy up through the heart and to mm. the head and circulate it. Anyway, the point was she, she made that hit me hard was that women often feel a sense of resentment to the, the male masculine because of maybe a, either an experience in her life or an ancestral thing that got passed down where there was some trust broken and her point made, because I asked her, <laughs> I was like, how do you get that out? Because I feel that too. I don't always express when I'm not happy with something yep. that a man did. And then there's a level of resentment. Yep. And she says, well, first of all, how did you not show up in your own divine mm-hmm. masculine and voice your opinion in that moment and, and do your own protecting? Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I didn't do that. I didn't protect myself. And then I resented the man for not knowing to protect me. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then she, uh, she made a beautiful point of like, can, we, we focus sometimes on what we don't like. Right. What could you focus that he did do right? Yep. Right. And then shifting that attention, you're like, oh, you get back to being loving. Yes. And the, the instantly the resentment releases. Yes. So, yeah, fascinating that we have this mm. masculine and feminine within us that we also need to honor and and see where we're taking care of ourselves on that way. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I know that you have a passion for creating really sustainable, conscious environments, interiors. Mm -hmm. Can we go there a little bit? Sure. What does that mean to you? Yeah, at the end of the day, one of the, like, my, my truths is I am all about creating experiences and environments that nurture and inspire our most authentic self, right? Like our greatest expression. And so I, I, I didn't realize this lived inside of me until I went, long story short, I ended up with Habitat for Humanity when I was 23, 23 and a half, 24. And I ended up going with this group and we completed one of the homes. And one of the women, well, the, the, the mother and wife of the family, we completed one of the homes and she had beautiful Thai accents. One of my, I don't know, it just seemed, it feels like a bird singing. It's like one of the most beautiful accents to me. And I love the language. She said, and I can't do the accent justice, but she said, Piba, Baba Bobo, which means you're crazy. You need to go to the hospital. You came from around the world. You're spending your time and your money for complete strangers. What's wrong with you? I love you. And Look, I, I've come a, a, a pretty good ways in my ability to cry, but in that moment, it was a version of a cry. Maybe I had a tear of runner, which I, when I have a runner, I really go to celebrate it. <laughs> Sometimes it waters. I'm like, I'm crying. This is me crying. <laughs> and that's really increased. And I'm happy to talk about that as well, which has been such an amazing breakthrough for me. But there was something that happened in that moment. And I didn't realize how impactful it was until it just stayed with me, right? And so when I came back home, it just kept coming up for me as build homes, the soul, whenever I get quiet, like that's the message that kept coming in. And there was something about that experience. It was one of the most humble homes you could imagine. Mud floors, center block walls. I was being told what to do. Like it was very simple, right? It's not like I knew how to do all this stuff. I'm relatively handy, love working with my hands, but there was a lot to learn there. But I came home and, 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 that's what came through is how do we build homes in an intentional way with the heart involved? And that's what was so moving for that family is the fact that we poured our heart into this, this home. Mm. And so it, it really became the study of how do we create experiences and environments that really nurture and enrich the spirit, right? Mm. And so you walk into a space, nobody's there. I believe we all have a conscious or subconscious reaction and response to it, right? Yeah. So there is a relationship that's happening. And so it's just been a fascination of mine for the past, it's just been 17, 17 years or so. <laughs> That's Nova. She's mostly a dog, partially a cat. <laughs> Who doesn't like certain parts of her back scratch. Yeah, the, the backside, but yeah, the rest of it's okay, totally good. available. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> and if she does bite you, she can't really hurt you. She She's got little, little guys in there. Yeah, anything else around around that, yeah, that no, portion? Uh, well, because I know falling madly in love with yourself, but I think your environment actually creates that that level of peace. Like we're in your home now and it's beautiful. You walk in and it's, ah, oh, I'm in nature. I feel like the most intimately connected to myself, to nature, to like being a natural being essentially. Yeah. And I feel like that's what even like at VUCA and Impact Hub, when you had that, the, it had this real natural, yummy, mm. comfortable setting that created an authentic experience. Yeah. And I think that's what being madly in love with yourself really is. It's being in love with who you authentically are. Yeah. And, and, and what are the things that are around me? How does it make me feel? Right. How do I feel when I'm in contact with that? Is there a cold, like, part of the environment that if I put something there that I loved would really bring me joy, right? Is there yeah. a, a corner that I walk by every day? If I put 
a picture that was meaningful to me there, like how that might change my relationship to myself and relationship to my surroundings. Yeah. Because I, I, I believe that outside reflects the inside, not to be obsessed with how we look, but what feels good, what's an expression of my internal self, right? And so I, I think I, all that becomes really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, or I could go so long with you, I could keep going. <laughs> all right, one question I ask all of my guests. Mm -hmm. If little six-year-old Brian were sitting next to you right now, mm -hmm. what would you tell him? Hmm. I would just invite him to speak up along the way. Like in the idea that that version, I'll just take it as I take it. Uh, yeah, to invite him to speak up, that him feeling comfortable and safe and expressed is one of, is the greatest gift to me as an adult, right? There's, I believe so many of our gifts can get trapped in the, the younger versions, younger parts of ourselves. And so the more that he feels comfortable, the more of a joyous, expressed, and safe environment that we can create for him and myself, and we just get to have more fun and play, right? And I want that, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to I learn from him in that. Not the pressure of, hey, six-year-old, teach this adult, but I want to know what it would take to create the most comfortable and safe environment and feel free to drop a toy in front of me, whatever it is, right? Or however you want to get my attention, feel free. It doesn't need to be neat. Welcome you to be messy. I just like the idea of that version of ourselves being expressed, that version of myself being even more expressed is everything. Mm. And I believe our gifting is behind that, right? Because I believe when we're born, we're the most connected. And then we life happens and those things like often will get put in the background and sometimes encouraged to be shunned away. And so the more integration that can happen with those younger versions of ourselves, it just, it's much easier to work through that at a young age because that's where the root of it is versus the symptom that we're experiencing as adults. So yeah. when we can go to that place, like, like our greatest teacher, just by being, just by him being himself. Mm, I love that. You, I, I know you recently you've been leaning into your fears. Mm-hmm paragliding mm -hmm. right yeah and what was the other one just, uh, diving with sharks well just surfing which for me like growing up in atlanta <laughs> watching jaws yeah. like that really locked in my head so me whenever too. i would have tried to surf before or would have been with a surfboard i would have been mostly thinking about looking out for sharks or like i how long am i going to stay out here before going in yeah and recently one of the reasons i'm so committed to the psychedelic experience is, is specifically for me right now, ketamine is the transformation and impact that it had on my life and realizing how much anxiety that I'd even normalized mm. slowly over time. And so doing that work, now I get to go do things like I'm, I have been uncomfortable with heights. And so my wife is very comfortable with heights. And so, okay, let's, let's go try that. And I was so pleasantly surprised. There was the adrenaline and all the other things, but there wasn't like a genuine like fear and worry while I was in the air. I was able to enjoy it. And same with surfing. Like we completely fell in love with surfing this last trip that we just went on to Costa Rica. And I was like, man, if, if she really loves it and I'm there thinking about sharks the whole time, like we'll, we'll deal with that and whatever. I, I believe in us to navigate things like that. But it was just such a pleasant experience to just go and, and just be able to be present. Versus one of my friends, Ashley Phillips, says borrowing worry from the future. 
you know, mm. like projecting that something could happen. And of course, anything could happen. But right. when you really focus on that, it takes you away from actually having the experience. And you're creating suffering now. Yeah. When, when you don't even know it's necessary. Exactly. It's my mother. I give my mother the speech all the time. <laughs> like you're, you're, cre- you're suffering before there's reason to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Totally. <laughs> Wait, so the, the ketamine, what, was there a specific experience during the ketamine that like released this anxiety? Mm. Yeah. So first time that I did it, when I dropped in, it's, it was, it was just like I had all my facilities and worry just went away. And I didn't realize how much of it was there until it went away. And I realized, oh my God, like within the first, I don't know, it felt like a couple minutes. Oh, I've been worrying a lot. Oh, okay. I'm not worrying at all right now. And then I looked at the environment around me. I was like, let me see if I can find something to worry about. I was, I was at ocean's edge at that point. I was like, I'm not going to jump in. because I don't know if I can actually swim right now. But if I was to think about going in that water, would I have any fear of a shark or a weight? Like things that my mind would make up in the past being around ocean. I'm like, nope, sure wouldn't. I was like, okay, look around, find something else to worry about. No, sure can't. I was like, okay, I'm on this adventure. I'm so comfortable in my own skin. I'm like, all right, surely I can find something to worry about if I go inside, right? And I went inside and I was like, sure can't. I could not find a single thing to worry about. And then there was like four or five big life questions that I had that within it felt like 30 to 30 to 60 seconds, these big four things that have been sitting in my heart for six to eight months every one of them, clear, lucid answer. And what I got was, is when that incessant mind isn't like doing the worry thing and anxiety and borrowing worry from the future or projecting worry, um, how amazing the system is at mm. being able to find the truth, being able to tune into the system, as you said, tune into the body, drop in. But if this thing is going so fast in the brain and, and we haven't uh, figured out how to drop in or we're, we've gotten caught in a cycle, which I was definitely caught in a cycle at that point, we can just get caught in that loop and just believe that that's how we get, that's how we get to live now. Hmm. And I think that pattern interruption, which is what, what it was disassociating me from the worry, the incessant worry that I had been dealing with. It it just totally transformative and being with other psychedelics getting blasted off. This was very grounding for me because I was in this reality. It wasn't really psychedelic at that point. It was more of just the disassociating from the worry and that pattern. And so like I got to touch that and I was like, now I know what I'm going after. Now I know it's possible without the psychedelics and everything. And then now like I had that feeling to go after and then come back to, and I feel like life is completely different in that way a year later as a result. And I've done other ketamine experiences since, but it's more the the integration. It's just been a beautiful tool for me. Somebody that had anxiety for a while and didn't realize it. And friends would be like, you, what? I'm yeah. like, no, that was my internal experience. I was shocked it, when you said you have anxiety. Yeah. I was like, what? You seem so calm. <laughs> and you're like a big, strong man. I'm like, what are you nervous about? <laughs> There's, I, 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 Seriously. I, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think it's all relative, right? Like we all, we all can make up stuff and create stuff to worry about. Yeah. Like take us away from actually experiencing Ourself fully, because for myself, I was just intimidated. I was intimidated to be my full self and to actually see myself as others would acknowledge me. And so I might be showing up in a certain way, but there was this kind of noise behind the scene that I was really either covering up. I think most of the time I really was covering it up. Mm. 
because I wasn't ready to be like, just, I'll just be comfortable. Because I get to ask, somebody asked me the question of like, what shows up when you show up fully? And I'm like, oh shit, love, acceptance, right? And what I had made up is that I would be too much. If I showed up fully, I would take all the attention and I want to make sure everyone feels comfortable around me or they have room to be themselves. <clears throat> and in that, there was a level of inauthenticity, right? Because what I was doing was I was trying to be a chameleon to make others happy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't being authentic. What I wanted was connection, so beautiful intention to try to show up that way. Right. But it wasn't creating that result. It was actually creating the opposite. It was, I believe, creating subconsciously or whatever for other people. It wasn't creating that space. And so I can be 100% there, present, and available, and I can just be a listener. I can be available. My mind's not elsewhere. I'm just here. But also, if I'm in a, in a room and I am moved by, I say, spirit to start a fucking dance party and jump up on the table, like, I'll do it. I don't need that. I don't need that attention. But if the room needs that and that's what's going to kind of, like, get us connected and together, like, I'm down. So I, I, it's just interesting with the fears that we make up. Yeah. And how for so long I thought I was servicing humanity by playing small. Yeah. And I was just creating discomfort and sweet. Like you, we're silly little humans or whatever you said earlier. I love, I love the, the essence of that. Of, oh, we're just, we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, um, it is. We make up so many stories. So many. so many silly stories. And the f- ironic thing about it is we admire people that are brave and that mm-hmm. show up, balls out, let's go. They don't care about what anyone thinks. And yep. yet here we are like, oh, we got to worry about what everyone thinks. Exactly. <laughs> it's so silly. And, and that's the thing that hit me, Nikki, is when that came through, I thought about it. Like, what happens when Nikki shows up? Like, whoever was in my purview that I had respect for and you know, all that. When they show up fully, it just encourages me to do the same. Exactly. It's the invitation, yeah. right? Yeah. And so let's be the invitation together. And sometimes we're going right. to fall off and we get to have each other to yeah. welcome back on. Um, you get something to laugh at or laugh about. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that was cute. You did your absolute best, right? You were, you were trying to tuck your head in the corner, but we'd love for you just to come hang out. Right. Or like when you're here, be here. Yeah. When I understand there's plenty of environments that are still stretchy for me around that. And I, I love continuing to work through this. Mm. What a beautiful opportunity. There's more life to experience yeah. in each moment just by, I think, focusing on that. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness, Brian. Such a treat. Thank you. Such a treat. What a blast. Um, how can people learn more about VUCA? I know this is a really special place. Last thing. Yeah. You guys are having events there. How can people utilize that space? Yeah, we have we have event space here in Austin. VUCA is a Zulu word, by the way. It means wake up or to awaken. Uh. And so our job is to create environments and experiences to support people in doing that, as mentioned earlier. And we have event spaces and we have a shared workspace for nice. people that are looking to do their best work. We have two locations here in Austin and yeah, vuca.co for co. And feel free to check stuff out there. It's a gorgeous space. I know you've even had weddings there. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's right in this, well, the one I know of is right in the center of Austin and beautiful backyard. It's a, and it's just got this really yummy, earthy, special space and energy. I've been honored, as I said earlier, just to be a steward and a part of it because it's been an absolutely fun ride and, and probably my greatest teacher to date. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. I know the community supported you on keeping that going during COVID. So. Yeah. Very moving. It's a blessing. Oh, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you as well. Really what a gift. Mm, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in.